When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. From the Mobile Pod World Headquarters, this is the Carolina Insider. Brought to you by AT&T, a proud supporter of Carolina Athletics. We're back. Time for another edition of the Carolina Insider. Jones and Adam here with you. And Adam, I don't say this lightly. We have a jam-packed pod coming up. It's bursting at the seams. This whole week of pod is big. Big pod. Extra large pod. Like like Eric's ride shares. We're going to look back at the Duke game. We are going to look ahead a little bit to the ACC tournament. All ACC teams have been announced. We will talk about that in addition to who I voted for. Adam doesn't have a vote. <laughs> <laughs> Got a great story. And, Adam, we're going to shake things up a little bit. Last week we said we were going to have Brian Kersey, ACC Director of Officials today, John Swafford, later in the week. But we are going to instead have the senior speeches from Luke May, Kenny Williams, Cameron Johnson. That will be in our interview portion today. We'll have Brian Kersey in the second pod this week, and then we'll move John Swafford to the first pod for next week. Sorry, Commissioner. Sorry, Commissioner. Later in the week, we're going to have Brian Kersey. We're going to have Roadhouse Challenge with Top Gun. So it's going to be awesome. But, Adam, we need, we need to get right to it. we got a lot to do. Carolina beats Duke, sweeps the season series for the first time since 2009. In doing so, they clinch a share of the ACC regular season title, a mind-blowing 32nd time in 66 years. Ninth time in 16 seasons under Roy Williams that Carolina's had at least a share of the regular season championship. Think about that. Half 
the time that the ACC has existed, Carolina's won or shared the regular season crown. Unbelievable. Adam, Saturday night goes with two other nights in recent memory as, to me, a perfect showcase of Carolina basketball. The only two other nights I can think of comparably recently again, and I'm talking regularly, I'm not talking about national championships. The senior night in 05, when Carolina had the big comeback, it was the senior night for Jawad Williams, Melvin Scott, Jackie Manuel. They had been through so much coaching change. Carolina had been 8-20 their first year. Tariels won the ACC championship regular season with that win. And 2009, senior day, simply because of what that class meant with Hansbro and Danny Green and, and Bobby Fraser and that group. This night is up there with those two nights to me. And I thought Roy Williams answered it perfectly in the postgame. Marty Smith from ESPN asked him, does it feel a little extra good or is the feeling a, a different when you beat Duke? And Roy Williams said the positive feelings that he was feeling at that moment and what he was so proud of was, number one, winning on senior day and sending this particular group out of seniors with a win. We know how important that is to him. And it's a, it's a big deal within Carolina basketball as well. And I think if you haven't heard or seen the senior speeches, you're going to feel it when you hear these guys talk. And it just embodies part of what Carolina basketball is about. That's your growth as a person and a player through your time here. Secondly, it was about the ACC regular season championship. It is something that is a major goal for Carolina. Roy Williams says it's their first goal every year is to win that regular season title because in his opinion, which was also a belief, I think it's accurate to say that was held by Coach Smith, that if you do it over the course of several months when you're doing it on the road, you're doing it at home, you know, different challenges, different styles, that that really said something about your growth, your quality, your team. And Carolina, terrific year in the league, 16-2, and 9-0 on the road. And then thirdly, it was about who the opponent was. Of course, Carolina wants to beat Duke. It's a big rivalry. Anytime you do that, it's fun. And, Adam, it was all those things smashed together into one in one night in just a terrific evening for Carolina basketball in the regular season. I'm not sure it's going to get a whole lot better than that. It was like a Carolina basketball revival. You just walked out of there feeling really good about Carolina basketball. And we've talked about this before, but when Coach Williams first came back, he talked a lot about senior day at Kansas, a whole lot, and you kind of got the feeling like, I, I feel like he's kind of saying senior day here at Carolina is not quite as good. The Tar Heels have nailed it the last four years on senior day, starting with that Marcus Page, Bryce Johnson class. Not to say there weren't other good ones in there, but in terms of consecutive years of senior days, these last four have been awesome. And that's even with a loss in there. Right. Because yeah, remember last year they Miami. And, But I think last year, show, I mean, so many people still stayed 
last year to hear from Barry and Pinson, I think it shows you that it has finally, and I think it took a while, mm-hmm. it has finally taken root in kind of the culture of Carolina basketball that night, that day, and what happens after that final game. And I think that's also credit to the seniors and the words they're saying. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to stay and hear speeches like Cam Johnson and Kenny Williams and Luke May? Yeah. It, those were unbelievable. All three of them nailed it. Without notes. Yeah. That's not easy to do. You've done that more than anybody listening. That's not easy to do to speak without notes from the heart after you just played the most intense two hours of your week and then they hand you a microphone and say, go make these 15,000 people laugh and cry. And one thing that really struck me was most of the students stayed, didn't go to Franklin Street right away. And when you looked around in the student section, they were watching. They weren't on their phones. They weren't texting. They weren't videoing the speeches. They were just watching and listening. And that hardly ever happens in 2019. That's how good the speeches were. Let's do this. Let's go ahead and go to the speeches now. So we're going to let you hear all these. And they're longer. I would say all three of them together, and I don't know. I'm going to guess it's probably 30 minutes or so, maybe even 40. So they're longer. If you've already heard them, feel free to skip on through if you would like. Um, But we're going to put all three of them right here. It'll be in our interview segment. Then we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit about what was actually said during the speeches. We'll talk about the game, and we'll move forward. But let's go ahead and go to the senior speeches from Saturday night. We'll give them to you right in the order that they occurred real time. That's Luke May, Kenny Williams, and Cameron Johnson. Man. Oh, man. For one, uh, I can honestly say this is one of the best weeks of my life. Um, My birthday was on Thursday, and... uh, Just because I get to spin it around these guys, my family, and especially the fans. I mean, it's unbelievable. And um, I just can't thank this university enough for uh, the time I've had here. Being from in-state school from North Carolina, um, from Huntersville, um, dream was always play here. Coach mentioned the shoot around today that uh, in 05, we had one of the best comebacks in uh, North Carolina history. And I was sitting right up there with my dad and uh, just growing up a fan. I mean, it was just unbelievable. And to see those guys give their speeches after the game and to dream about doing it one day. Um, And here I am after uh, four long years, a lot of ups and downs, but... uh, Kenny, Kenny loves saying he wouldn't trade it for, for the world and I'm going to steal his line, but I definitely wouldn't trade it for the world. This is the greatest memories I've ever had in my life. I want to uh, especially thank my teammates for uh, always being there. Those runs on the hill, those times in the weight room, 7 a.m. lifts. Jonas be grinding us every single day. But, um, I mean, I just can't thank them enough for being there for me, joking with me. I'm kind of a country kid, so being around a lot of those guys really broadens my music culture for sure. (laughs) Um, 
But um, I, mean, I can't thank them enough for the four years I've had with them, some of them three, some of them two. Um, but uh, next to the coaches, I mean, I can't, I can't describe how much they've meant in my life uh, these last four years. Coach Davis, I mean, he's meant so much to me. We go over to his house for recruiting visits, and I mean, his house is something that I dreamed about having one day. <laughs> his, his family, I mean, it's just really a great role model for me and somebody who I truly look up to. Coach Frederick, same way. I mean, his family, he sends me pictures of his, of his son, Ben, dressing up for me for Halloween. I mean, I couldn't, couldn't dream of a better family to be around. And um, um, Coach Rob, he's, uh, he's definitely pushed me a lot. And uh, we have a lot of t tough conversations, but they make me a better player. And, I wouldn't be the rebounder I was today if I wasn't for you, Coach. Uh, thank you. And uh, Coach Williams, um, he's the one that gave me a chance. He uh, believed in me from the very beginning. He um, gave me opportunities in big games as a freshman when many people didn't think I should be in the game. Honestly, sometimes I was like, me, Coach? Bryce on the bench. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I can't thank you enough. It's really made me progress into the player I am today. And I just couldn't, couldn't thank you enough, Coach. And then, uh, obviously, James and Jonas have been unbelievable for my progression and weight room and strength. and. I've gotten probably the most I can get out of my athleticism, so uh, hopefully uh, it gets me to where I want to go. But uh, and then my uh, my family, um, my girlfriend Kendra, she's been through a lot with me. Really appreciate it. Uh, my brother Drake, my brother Drake, as long as he stays on the right path, he'll uh, he'll be a D1 player, hopefully professional player one day. And then uh, Bo, Bo and Cole, I mean, they're great athletes as well. Bo's been through a lot. He's had a lot of surgeries, but I mean, he's going to come back strong. And Cole's been through a lot as well with injuries. But uh, and they're three of my best friends. And without them, I wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't be able to compete every day. I wouldn't be the competitor that I am. And they've brought me to where I am today. And I can't thank them enough for everything they've done in my life. And then last but not least, my, uh, my mom and dad. My, uh, my mom has been, um, my mom's where I get all the, the basketball talent from, for sure. She, uh, she was be beating me in a horse until I was about 14 years old. And uh, I mean, she's been unbelievable. She's been so tough. She's been uh, somebody that I truly, think about all the time just because of what she went through to raise four boys. And um, I mean, it's been the world to me that she's, her and my dad have made it to almost every single one of my games. And I mean, to have two parents like that is just very, very special.
And then uh, my dad is somebody who I look up to every day. Uh, his passion for the game. He always talks about wanting to uh, wanting to go back and live his dream of playing football. And he was injured, and he just tries to live through me. And man. He <laughs> He, he, he drives two hours up and back to shoot with me at night sometimes. And he's somebody that, I mean, got me to the person I am today and pushes me every day. And I, mean, I can't thank him enough for everything he's done in my life. He's reason, him, my mom, reason I'm here today. And I, mean, I just really want to thank everybody, especially the fans. I mean, everybody's believed in me. A lot of people thought I couldn't play here, thought I couldn't be the person I was, thought I couldn't be an impact player. And I mean, I've just tried to do my best to play for coach because he believed in me from the beginning, play for my teammates, play for the coaching staff, and most importantly, play for my family. I mean, they believed in me from the beginning and I couldn't thank them enough. And I just want to thank everybody for everything. And then, I mean, I, I know if I, If I talk about Kenny and Cam, I'm going to really get choked up. But, uh, oh, man. But, I mean, Kenny and Cam have been two people that are my best friends. And, I mean, I just, I love spending time with them and just hanging out with them and coming in to shoot with them and being around them. And it's just something that I love more than anything. And thank you so much, everybody. My first two years, I watched, I watched these speeches and I was, I was like, I told myself, man, I can't wait until it comes up. This last month, I've been wanting time to slow down so it didn't come, man. Um, I've been thinking about this all week. Uh, I just don't want to miss anybody. Uh, <laughs> I'm so thankful um, that God placed me at this university. Um, everybody knows uh, I committed somewhere else first, and you know God made a way, and uh, Coach gave me a chance again. And um, I don't, I wouldn't trade this four years for anything in the world. This is the the greatest university that I could ever go to. Um, I'll start with Sean. Kendall, Hoots, uh, you my guys, man. Um, you three are the ones that can relate to us uh, being younger because the coaches are not of our generation. So, <laughs> so, so y'all can relate to us. And um, you know, even 10, 20 years down the road, I know I can call your phone and you will hesitate, you won't hesitate to pick up and, you, and you'll help me whatever I need. Um, uh, 
Jonas, Doug. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say I spent a little bit more time with y'all than I wanted to my freshman year. But, uh, you know, like I said, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Uh, y'all are two great men. Um, and you always want the best for us. And I can't thank you guys enough for taking me from, I came in at 166. Jonas, I'm 185 now. So uh, I can't thank you guys enough for that. Coach Freddie, I'm, I'm trying to compete with you with the shoe game. <laughs> um, you know, we still got to shoot so I can get my shoes back. I can get ownership of those back. Coach Freddie beat me in the shooting contest and we put my whole closet of shoes on it, so I got to win those back. <laughs> uh, Coach Rob, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Rob, I got here, and uh, you know, a freshman, I just wanted to learn everything I could. So whenever I came out of practice, I went and stood by your side. And uh, you know, it got to a point where you asked me why I was doing it. And I just wanted to, I, I, I wanted to hear what you had to say, because every time my first summer, you had something to say whenever I came out. And uh, you know, I just can't thank you for your guidance. Um, I know I can go into your office, and you know, we can talk about anything but you've always got some wise words to say, and I thank you for that. <laughs> Coach Davis. Coach Davis, I, will, I wouldn't be where I am today without you. Um, You, I, I can't even put it into words, Coach Davis. You've meant so much to my life, and um, <laughs> it's not even the basketball, Coach Davis. It's not about the basketball. I'm able to live my life the way that I live because of you, because I had a role model like you to look up to, and because you took me under your wing, and I can't thank you enough for that. <laughs> Coach Williams, again, I, I can't, you, you came back. You came back uh, and you offered me a scholarship again. And these past four years have blown away what I thought they would be. Um, you know, from putting banners up to coming here every day. Um, coming here every day for practice was really a joy because you know, you, you were never too serious. You knew, you knew when to get serious, but you were never too serious. We could joke around in practice, and from somebody that loves to laugh and loves to have a good time, 
I can't thank you enough for making my basketball experience the way that it was. But the best thing about you, Coach, everybody in this arena knows how much you care about winning on the court. But everybody on that bench knows how much you care about us winning out there in life, and I can't thank you enough. I'm gonna go to my family. Uh, and my two sisters and my nephew right there. Um, you know, I got, a, I got a lot of brothers and sisters, uh, but you two were the ones that, you know, you really, you reached out every day. You get annoying sometimes, but, uh, <laughs> man, you reach out, you make sure I'm good. If I need something, you came through. Um, and I can't wait to see the mothers that you guys become to my nieces and nephews. Mama. <laughs> um, you tough. <laughs> you, you are tough. Sometimes, um, you know, in the car at the games, my mom tried to give me lessons, tried to talk to me about the game, and I'm just, I just sit there like, you have the slightest bit of knowledge of what you're talking about. <laughs> but you tried. You tried, and I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> Ma, you, 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 you are one of the strongest women that I know. Um, Growing up, uh, you know, seven kids, I know it wasn't easy. Uh, we were a bunch of knuckleheads. We were always in trouble. Um, but you made a way every single day. You made, you made a way to, to make it happen. And there's no words. Uh, I would need the rest of my life to show you how much I appreciate you. Dad, I'm not crying, so you can't cry. <laughs> oh, man, you're my guy. Um... <laughs> I know that no matter what happens, um, I can call you uh, no matter what time it is, and you'll pick up and You'll talk to me and, and give me, let me, tell me whatever I need to hear. Um, whether it be what I wanted to hear or what I didn't, you told me what I need to hear. And I really appreciate the father that you have tried to be and for making me into the man that I was when I got here and, you know, continuing that up until this point. Walt, 
Walk, you up there somewhere. She can't get in the camera, but she's up there somewhere. Um, Walker, I won't be long. I just want to thank you uh, for the role that you played and my faith, first off, but just being, um, you know, a person that I needed when times weren't the best. Um, you know, you, I met you right around the time I had my injury, and uh, you, you, you found a way to keep a smile on my face, and I just want to say thank you for everything that you've done. I go to the managers. I know we're not a, an easy group uh, to deal with, but you guys do it. You come in every day and you work harder than um, you know most people in this program. And I just want you to know that your hard work does not go unnoticed. We know it, and we all appreciate you for it. <clears throat> Luke and Cam, um, like Luke said, you guys are my best friends. Um, you, you know how to make a guy laugh when he needs it, um, but you know how to get serious and, and have that deep talk when I need it to. And uh, living with you guys for the past two years has been nothing short of amazing, um, despite, you know, sometimes the messes. But uh, <laughs> we, we got over that. <laughs> um, but man, what you two guys have meant, like I said, for my faith, first off, um, you know, to be able to have two brothers that I live with that live the way that they do and inspire me every single day, um, I couldn't ask for more. So, so thank both of you. Um, and I can't wait to finish this ride with you guys. Um, Now, the group as a whole, uh, tonight we accomplished one, our first goal, um, ACC regular season champions. But this isn't it, fellas. We're not done. We got a lot more work to do. Fans, I thank you guys for your support. God bless y'all. Have a good night. Um, I, haven't, I haven't seen too many of these senior speeches, so I wanted to see kind of what the gist of what they were going to say was. So, I mean, it goes without saying that obviously I came here under a separate set of circumstances. Um, but first and foremost, I just want to thank God because the sooner you trust in his plan for you, the sooner you find peace. And, and I'm going to tell you how that translates to my experience. Um, five years ago, I lost in the high school playoffs, early in the playoffs. Um, I had not yet committed to college. I had no idea where I wanted to go. I had no idea where I was going to end up. And I remember I was just crying my eyes out after the game. And I was at home in my bedroom just crying. My mom walked into my bedroom. and. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't contain it. And she told me that I know it feels bad now and I know it hurts, but there's a plan for you and nothing can get in the way of that. And uh, five years later, 
nobody thought I'd be in this position standing in front of you guys right now. And Mom, She texted me today before the game and said, use this game to wash away some of the pain of that one. And mom, I just want to thank you because you couldn't have been more right and you said it at the time I needed it most. So thank you. Um, mom, you've been, you've been so much to me over the past 23 years. You've done everything for me and I couldn't be more thankful and I couldn't ask for a better mother. Uh, while I'm on the family, Dad, I, I can honestly say you are the best father anybody could ever ask for. Just for everything you do for us, me and Aaron and Puff and Braylon, you travel to all of our games, you make sure you put us first, you do everything in your power to give us everything we'd ever need, and you're the reason I'm standing here today. And I cannot thank you enough. Aaron, Puff, and Braylon, same for you guys. Um, you guys are all so special in, in so many different ways. And uh, your guys' future is so bright, um, maybe in different directions, but it is so bright. And I love you guys so much, more than words can explain. I, I really thought I was going to get through this without crying, I promise you. I, I really did. I guess that's why they talk family last. Um, but to my teammates, you guys, man, you mean the world to me just because I came here from a different school and, and you didn't have to take me in the way you did. But I feel like this is my family. I feel like this is my home. And, and honestly, guys, we're not done yet. We're not done yet. This is one step. This is one step on what we wanted to do. We're not done yet. We got a lot to go. Man, you guys have the best personalities, man. You guys are a great group. We do everything together. I couldn't thank you guys enough either. And uh, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to finishing this thing out the right way with you guys. Big May, Hoots, Kendall, uh, I know you guys keep getting lumped together, but man, you guys really are so special to us just because you guys really help us along this road. You know, every, times get tough. Times get tough when you're playing college basketball, and you guys are always there to pick us up, to give us words of encouragement, to tell us where we need, where we need, to, where we need to improve, and you guys serve as a great bridge between the coaching staff and the players. Uh, Coach Fred, man, you, got, you do so much for us, um, and, and it goes back for me to when I first left Pittsburgh. Uh, just the, the amount of work you put in to get me here, everything you did to get me through, um, it's, 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 it's a big reason why I'm here, and I wouldn't be here without it. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, Coach Rob, you, you push us to be our best in areas that we need to improve. And for me, I got here, and rebounding was an area I really needed to improve. Uh, you got on me for denying passing lanes, and. And those little things, they, 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 they translate to a lot in the game, and you know that, that's why you get on me about it. But it really makes us all better, and I, I thank you for that. I thank you for that. <laughs> Coach Davis, uh, Kenny put it in, in the perfect way. I, I can't say it any better, so I'm just gonna say thank you. Um, you really encourage us to be our best selves on the court and off the court, and you really help us through this, through this journey, and you really help us through our, our journey in faith. And I said this to you the other day, but I think it needs repeating. 
it's so easy to get lost on that journey in, in, in college when you're so busy and you've got so much going on. But when you have somebody like yourself and a group of teammates like these guys, and, and they help you with everything off the court, on the court, and they, they help you stay focused mentally in your faith and everything, I mean, it, it's unbelievable, the amount of support. It's unbelievable, and it means the world to us. Thank you. Coach Williams, um, it, it is funny how things play out. I was just talking to Coach Rob, and I told him, I mean, had I not come in here three years ago and hit a couple threes in this building, <laughs> I, I don't know if I would be here right now. But, but, but what's, what stands out the most to me is that when I was going through this whole process, um, when I was deciding a different school to, to come to, I was initially blocked from coming here, as you guys know. I was blocked, I appealed that, and then I was granted the ability to play here, but I would have to sit out a year. But just that gave me the opportunity to talk to the coaching staff. And in those discussions, I, I told them, I, I have two years of eligibility left, I wouldn't necessarily want to sit out the first. But Coach Williams looked me in the eyes and said, son, I truly believe that the right thing is for you to be able to play here for two years, and I truly believe that the right thing will happen in this scenario. I looked at my dad and I said, Dad, how do you have so much confidence to say that to me? And then I said, you know, so many players have come through and trusted you to, to be a father figure, to lead them, and to grow them. And I said, I'm gonna put the same trust in you. And since that moment, everything you've done falls in line with that statement. And I can't thank you enough for... I can't thank you enough for molding this team into the group of players and young men that we are. Um, I've played for a couple coaches in college, and, and the way you manage us, the way you push us, the way you coach us is truly unbelievable. It's truly unbelievable. And on, on to my fellow seniors. Uh, you guys really just took me in, and it means the world to me. You guys uh, could have been pretty comfortable, you know, living by yourselves after Justin left, but you brought me in, and you didn't know what you would get. And uh, you guys have been some great roommates. Now, you guys, these are two of the cleanest people I've ever met. <laughs> I mean, you could walk into their room right now, and it would be spotless. Not a shirt out of line, especially Kenny, not a shirt out of line, bed completely made. Uh, so they do get on me from time to time because, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to, to stay up to that standard. Uh, but with that being said, I mean, living in the house with you guys, living in shortbread with you guys has been great. Um, I, I absolutely love you guys as roommates and I love you guys as brothers. And, and the bond that we've created over the past two years, it, it won't be broken, it can't be broken. Um, let's finish this out the right way. Let's finish this out the right way. And, and to the fans, uh, thank you guys so, so much for all of your support day in and day out.
Uh, you guys, you really show up, and I mean everywhere. Uh, you guys are everywhere, and, and Tar Heel Nation is strong, it is powerful, and uh, I'm uh, extremely blessed to be a part of it. Uh, Doug and Jonas, I wasn't going to forget about you guys. Um, I came here with a lot of ailments, to say the least. I had a lot of uh, aches and pains that lingered, and the amount of care that you guys put in to me getting better. Uh, Doug, through all the surgeries, the knee surgery, the two hip surgeries, going to Minnesota four, three, four times to see the doctor and to get that all taken care of, and then to put in the amount of care that you guys did into my rehab and to getting everything that you could better, uh, it's, it, the, the amount of care is, it, it means so much to me. Um, and, you know, I might be 23 now, I might be two years older than I was when I got here, but I feel 10 years younger, and it's all because of you guys. Um, also, to the people in sport administration, all my classmates, I love you guys, uh, and I'm extremely blessed to say that I'm a Tar Heel. Those senior speeches, which are in the role of our interview today, brought to you by AT&T. AT&T, proud supporter of Carolina Athletics and title sponsor here on the Carolina Insider. More for, more for your thing, that's our thing, at AT&T. A reminder about unc.edu. You can see the impact Tariels make every day in North Carolina and learn more about what's happening in Chapel Hill. Visit unc.edu. StubHub is the official fan-to-fan ticket marketplace of Carolina Athletics. You'll get 100% verified tickets when you go through StubHub. Be there. I'm going to hang on to the UNC Healthcare Know Your Stat feature because we'll give some stats uh, coming up in just a little bit. We do need to hit that sweet sound of piano music to remind you that beneath the Longleaf Pines in the heart of North Carolina is a place where golf is more than a game. It's a way of life. A place with more courses than days of the week and more championships than anywhere in America. That place is Pinehurst and it's waiting for you. Adam, I thought all three seniors really hit terrific tones during their speeches. I know you have some notes about what was actually said, so I want to give it more to you to make sure. But I thought when Kenny Williams had the line about Roy Williams making sure they were champions on the court and everybody saw that, but what was the line? Everybody in this arena knows how much you care about winning. Everybody on that bench over there knows how much you care about us winning in life. I mean, just go ahead and put it on the wall back there by the locker room. That's going up somewhere, as it should. It embodies Roy Williams. It embodies Carolina basketball in one sentence. Yes. All three of them look like professional public speakers. A couple things that stood out. Luke May talking about where he sat for Marvin Williams' shot in 05. Mm -hmm. Every single person in that building could relate to that. And that was the quintessential bring it home, oh, he's just like us moment, even though in reality he's not just like us. But he loves the heels just like we do. He sat right there and watched Marvin Williams make that shot. And don't forget, 
sat there with his dad. Yeah. Who Luke then tried to talk about and was like half successful because he got so emotional about it. And his dad, who never gets emotional, also got emotional about it and even still was when I talked to him after the game. What a Tar Heel family the Mays are. They need some more sons. <laughs> like six or seven. Yeah. Yeah. What? Well, yes. And just what in general, what an unbelievable family they are and what an unbelievable Tar Heel family yeah. they are. Um, Kenny Williams talking about Hubert Davis. Mm-hmm. And he's – He's talked about that some on the pod with us before. Yep. But, again, it's different when you do it in front of 15,000 people standing at center court of the Looking center. At you, yeah. And Hubert Davis is sitting right there. Yep. And Hubert Davis had the exact look on his face that he did when Coach Williams was talking about him at the reunion. That exact same, I'm not going to look at you because I'm going to lose it. I'm just going to stare down at the floor. I'm getting really emotional. I'm not going to look at you. He had that exact same look on his face. So you could tell how much it meant to him, as it should. Um, you mentioned the line about everybody in the arena knows how much you care about winning. Another thing this person has talked about on the podcast, but great to hear them talk about there, Cam Johnson getting emotional talking about his mom. Yep. And what about that story about how he lost his last high school playoff game and she came in the room? That was good stuff. I was impressed with all three guys. I was really impressed with Cameron Johnson. Um, Just... He looked like, I mean, again, he was so comfortable. He had these stories that he, I mean, and I thought it was interesting that he wanted to go last because he didn't really have a good feel for what the whole night was about as much as maybe some others had because Luke and Kenny had seen more of them than he had. Um, and so he wanted to go last so he could get a feel for kind of what the right thing to do was. Um, and I thought another terrific moment and line was his Tim talking about putting his trust in Roy Williams and, and about all the mess that he went through when he was trying to transfer from Pittsburgh. And, you know, originally he was blocked, and then he wasn't blocked, but he wasn't going to be able to play for a year. And he was very open in saying, look, I don't think I want to go somewhere where I have to sit out a year. I only have two years left. You know, I want to be able to play. But that Coach Williams told him that he believed with everything that he had that it was going to get figured out and that Cam Johnson was taken aback by his confidence and his honesty and elected to trust him and said something along the lines of, like, everything you've been telling me since it falls right into line with that, that you've always told me the truth, and, and I can trust you. I'm that one, well, not the exact words, but that was the gist. Again, just a slap it on a poster, give it to all your recruits. I mean, just another terrific testament to what Roy Williams means to Carolina basketball, to these players, outside of the fact that he's one of the best coaches on the court ever to do it. Well, And Cam touched on this briefly, and we talked about it a lot at the time, and even when we had this person on the podcast, we talked about it with them. Don't forget what a big role Brad Frederick had in bringing Cam Johnson to Carolina. Yep. If, if you're glad Cam Johnson is here, which if you're not, in all honesty, you probably shouldn't be listening, then – you should appreciate Brad Frederick because he's the one who made it happen. Yeah, he did all the legwork kind of behind the scenes to make it happen. Yes. Without him, Cam Johnson is somewhere else right now. Don't know where, but he's somewhere else. Adam, anything else before we get to the game itself? No. It, it was just – it was exhausting to have watched that game for two hours and you've got all that adrenaline from the game 
and then you have that really emotional 30 to 45 minutes after that, uh, that was quite a three hours. I thought the two Duke games this year, the first one, you left it almost giddy because you had heard so much about how good Duke was, and it was more about the fact that you had beaten Duke. This one, while again, beating Duke is part of it. That's, and I mean, it just finishing up my thought from earlier and what Coach Williams said in the postgame, that's not what made this night so great. It was part of it, yes, but it was not the ultimate part of it, whereas I thought the first time they played, it was. It, when Carolina got that win in Cameron, you were so excited and so giddy because they had beaten Duke, who everybody had told you all year long was the greatest team of all time and could never be beaten, and, and who knows? When they get back to full strength, maybe they're totally different. Who knows? But this night was not about the opponent. Which was a little unusual because this was much more a classic Carolina Duke game than the yeah, first meeting. As far as the quality of play, yeah. what was on the line, all yeah. those things. Yeah, this was two good teams, both teams making crazy, ridiculous shots, couldn't stop the other one, people falling on the floor, coaches yelling at people. It was much more the classic Carolina Duke game than the first one, but I do think you're right. You left there not going – Man, I'm glad I came to see Carolina beat Duke, but, man, I'm just glad I was there for that. Mm -hmm. As far as the game itself, two themes and two individuals made this what it was to me. Carolina's defense in the second half holding Duke to below 30% shooting in the half and the big run that Carolina had around the from maybe the 10-minute mark to the 6-minute mark loosely. Um, those two things, as far as parts of the game, felt like the difference to me. The two individuals, number one is Kenny Williams. I thought of the seniors, and all three of them made big impacts. May had a career-high in assists, 16 or 17 rebounds in the game. Cameron Johnson had uh, double figures, a double-double, hit big shots. But of the three, Kenny Williams was the one who was the lead to me in this game. Had a season high in points. His shot, he has struggled with it from three all year long. Came in shooting below 30%. Hit a season high, and they were important shots. A lot of them came in the first half, but they were big. Also gave Carolina its largest lead of the game with a three. Um, that that kind of ended that big push before Carolina went dormant offensively there near the end. And then... This, and his defense against Barrett all night long. Barrett had 26 points but took 27 shots to get him. He is going to get his because he's that good. But if you make him work that hard to get his, then you've done your job. Kenny Williams was spectacular on both sides of the court. And then the other individual is Kobe White. It's about seniors, but he was the one who was the offensive spark in that big run. He scored nine straight points at one point, maybe even 12 straight points or 12 of 14 or something like that, where he hit three threes, had the and one basket where he then went and slapped a low five to Roy Williams on the baseline right in front of a couple recruits, side note. Um, those two individuals to me, Adam, were, were the key individual players in this game for the Heels. And it was so nice to see kind of both ends of the spectrum for Carolina yeah, yeah, basketball. Yeah, that's a good point. You've got the senior who 
remember it wasn't that long ago that Kenny Williams hadn't made a three all season, and then he finally makes one in the ACC tournament, and people celebrate like he's made the game-winning shot in the championship game. Stuck it out all four years. Now here he is in his last regular, last game at the Smith Center, last regular season game of his career, and he's great offensively. He almost single-handedly fouled out Barrett, yeah. which you never see a guard do. You sometimes might see a big guy do that. Right. But to see a guard do that just through drawing charges, that was impactful on the game because Duke had to sit Barrett for a certain amount of time. And considering he shoots once per minute, when you put him on the bench, you're losing some shots. Now, those shots probably go to Cam Reddish. And by the way, he's good too. Yeah. But still, I think they took 50 shots between the two of them of Duke's roughly 70 field goals. Well, of the two games that Carolina has played Duke, those two have been – almost the only offensive options for the Blue Devils. Right. And then on the other end of the spectrum, Kobe White, who, remember, we have to have this multiple-month-long dialogue about how it's impossible to play point guard for Roy Williams, and young freshmen can hardly ever do it, and Roy Williams likes to keep his freshmen on the bench. And here's Kobe White out here just playing ridiculous. This play didn't hardly even get noticed because it was in the first half. What about that play where he drove through the entire Duke defense, went behind his back, split two guys who were closing on him like elevator doors, and then just laid it up? That that might have been the nicest play of the whole year, just in terms of the raw talent it took to do that against a good opponent. And and he just went by him like it was me guarding him, and it wasn't. When he – No turnovers. After six in Cameron. Right. After he had gone on that three-point barrage, gotten the lead to 10, and then drove and passed it to Brooks, that might be the loudest Smith Center has been all year. Here comes Carolina. 10-point lead and on the move. Kobe White drives to Brooks for the thunder. Hello. And somebody's having fun. It's a young man from Goldsboro. One of the best freshmen, no, scratch that. One of the best players in the nation. 72 to 60 with 7.20 to go. I think we talked about this after. You can just inject that pass to Brooks into my veins. I'll never be higher than that moment, ever. He could have shot, I mean, and if he had shot it, nobody would have been mad about it because Kobe White was dominating the game. Do whatever you want. But he still made the right play for the dunk. Whoa, boy, and was as excited as anybody in the building. Oh, I'm getting fired up just thinking about it right now, Adam. <laughs> His celebrations. What a moment. If, if he wasn't such a good player, everybody would be talking about his celebrations. Yep. Because he gets he's so happy when anyone does anything. Mm-hmm. Love Kobe White. He was terrific. Um, I just also want to give a quick little tip of the cap. Adam just mimed that for me. To Cameron Johnson and to Garrison Brooks for hitting some big free throws late because Carolina had gone absolutely dry offensively. They started throwing up some some tough threes. Fortunately for them, their defense was still good enough. That kind of Duke stayed at bay. But Carolina damn field goal last 627. Duke went on a 10-0 run, but it was an extended run because Carolina's defense was still pretty good. A lot of those points came at the free throw line during that stretch for Duke as well. And so even though Carolina was up 15 at that point, all of a sudden it's a five-point game with a minute left or whatever. And 
Carolina's still in the better position, but it's getting a little tight. And Cameron Johnson steps up there for a one-and-one, and and he's a good free-throw shooter, but it's a huge moment. 75-70 with 49.2 seconds left. Knocked them both in. Um, Somewhere in that sequence, Kenny Williams just flexed his defensive muscles one more time and blocked a three-pointer from Barrett, which was awesome. And then Brooks goes to the line, and Brooks had been – he had had a really rough night at the line. He had been two of eight, I think, before this moment. And while Carolina was up seven – it, it was still – it was a one-and-one one with under a minute to go. You're up seven, yes, but you every point feels like it is massive. And congratulations. I mean, he just went up there and he did it. He had been really bad. Everybody in the building knew he had been bad at the line. He knew he had been bad at the line this particular game. He's been fine this year. But he goes up there and knocks them both in. I felt really good for him. Roy Williams always talks about if you're going to take the shot, be tough enough to make the sucker what he always says that was exactly what I thought of when Garrison Brooks went up there and little gerb knocked down those two free throws that was pure toughness yep because not only had he been two for eight or whatever he wasn't close they yeah, were he, all too long they weren't pretty it wasn't good yeah it just had kind of a and he'd gotten his head a little bit he just yes. had an off night at the line yeah and so he steps up and hits two of the biggest ones of the night good for him that was some major toughness to knock those down yep one and one Yep. Not a two-shot foul, a one-and-one. Oh, yeah. one. Adam, anything else from the game itself? No, I think we've hit it all. All the seniors were great. Uh, Luke May didn't have a great shooting night, but huge on the boards. Was it 16 or 17? I think it was 17, wasn't it? I thought it was 16. But Maybe it's 16. Right. But 16 boards, and it was seven assists is what I'm thinking of. A, uh, a career high. So, yeah, I mean, just another instance of – and you know what? I also want to mention Nasir Little was important for Carolina in the first half. Um, he didn't score in the second half, but he had some big buckets in the first half when Duke had kind of taken the lead, but it was never a huge lead. It was always kind of between one and five, but but they were in the lead, and it was Williams and Little who did a lot of the scoring in the first half for Carolina. So I want to don't I don't want to forget Nasir because I thought he gave Carolina some really important minutes in the first half of that game in particular. Okay. Adam, do you want to go to ACC tournament or do you want to go to all ACC? All ACC. Okay. All ACC teams are out. Let us go through them with you. Now, as you know, if you have followed us, I have a vote for all ACC. Um, so I will tell you, first let's tell you who the teams were, then I'll tell you if it differed at all from my voting. First team all ACC, Zion Williamson unanimous selection. R.J. Barrett from Duke. DeAndre Hunter from Virginia. Cameron Johnson from Carolina. Kyle Guy from Virginia. That's your first team all ACC. Second team, Luke May. Ty Bowman from BC, Ty Jerome from Virginia, Kobe White, and Kerry Blackshear Jr. from Virginia Tech. Third team, Jordan Wara from Louisville, Marquise Reed from Clemson, Tyus Battle of Syracuse, Nikhil Alexander Walker from Virginia Tech, John Mooney from Notre Dame. Adam, this is almost exactly how I voted with only two differences. I had Kobe White first team, Kyle Guy second team. I have there's absolutely no argument for me on Kyle Guy. As we said many times, I think there were eight guys that were clearly first team caliber 
first-team All-ACC caliber players, it was just going to come down to which one of them made the first team and which one didn't with the, with the vote totals. And that being Williamson, Barrett, Hunter, Guy, Jerome, Johnson, May, and White. The third team is exactly how I voted for it, except for I had Cabin Gelly from Florida State instead of John Mooney from Notre Dame. And my thinking on that was strictly from Florida State finished as number four in the league. Notre Dame, if Notre Dame had been anywhere but dead last, I think I probably would have put Mooney on there because um, he did average a double-double, had a terrific year. But uh, I put Cabin Gelly on there and not Mooney. Uh, honorable mention, guys who did have a, a certain amount of votes, Cabin Gelly, Cam Reddish from Duke, Trey Jones from Duke, Terrence Mann from Florida State, Elijah Thomas from Clemson. ACC Player of the Year goes to Williamson. I don't know if that's – I don't think that's a surprise. I did not vote for him simply because he did not play in a third of the league games. I have – again, I have no issue with him winning. I voted for R.J. Barrett of Duke. Rookie of the year, also Williamson. I voted for Barrett again in that regard. ACC coach of the year. This is the first one where I really – I am shocked – I voted for Roy Williams, and he came in third place. Tony Bennett wins ACC Coach of the Year pretty handily with 30 of the however many votes there are. Let's see, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 votes. Um, Buzz Williams finishes in second, Roy Williams in third. To me, that's a big surprise. I do understand Buzz Williams, had a his team had a great year. They overcame a big injury with Robinson. Tony Bennett, his team, you know, only two losses, both to Duke. So I think you and I sat here and said it would likely be Tony Bennett or Roy Williams. I mentioned Buzz Williams in that conversation too. I am surprised that Roy Williams came in third and just barely beat out Leonard Hamilton, who I like, I think is a good coach, but I think Roy Williams had a better year in that regard. Defensive player of the year, DeAndre Hunter, that's who I voted for. Uh, most improved player, I voted for Cameron Johnson. I figured he would not win, but I wanted in that regard. That's the only one, Adam, that I felt like I gave a little Carolina lean to because I've seen it firsthand a lot more. Jordan Wara from Louisville won. I figured it would either have been Wara or Mooney from Notre Dame. I think either one of those votes is defensible and would have been and is a accurate representation. Although I think had Cam Johnson won, that would have been okay too because I think he is incredibly improved. Sixth man of the year, dominant for Cabin Gelly. I think that was the most slam dunk vote that there was. He's one of, if not the best player on Florida State. He's their leading scorer, and he comes off the bench. All defensive team, DeAndre Hunter from Virginia, Trey Jones Duke, Williamson from Duke, Elijah Thomas from Clemson, James Banks from Georgia Tech. I had Hunter, Jones, and Williamson and Thomas on mine. I had Kenny Williams instead of James Banks. Finally, the all-freshman team, you have three guys from Duke, Williamson, Barrett, and Jones, along with Kobe White and Xavier Johnson from Pitt. That is how I voted, except for I had Reddish instead of Jones as far as a third Duke player. All right, that was a lot of information to throw at you. Adam, thoughts? Some of these don't make sense. I'm good with the three, first, uh, with the three all-ACC teams. That's fine. I guess I'm good with Rookie of the Year. For some reason, I have less problem with Zion Williamson winning Rookie of the Year than I do Player of the Year. I, I think Player of the Year, you should have 
played in 75% of the games. For some reason, I don't feel that way about rookie of the year. That doesn't make a lot of sense, but that's what I think. You know, it's interesting. ACC will do some stuff with stats where they won't include guys unless they have played a certain percentage of the games. And I don't know what – I think it's 75% actually for a lot of them. Now, that's for the whole season. But when you think about just the conference games, only only played 12. I I mean – is he one of maybe the best player in the league? Sure. But I just I couldn't do it with the fact that he had missed a third of the games. And that's what I would have voted as well. Coach of the year, we like Tony Bennett. I have no feelings about Buzz Williams. The fact that Roy Williams finished third and one vote ahead of Leonard Hamilton in a poll of people who supposedly watched nothing but ACC basketball they thought Roy Williams was one vote better than Leonard Hamilton this year. Which leads me to... And that's not a knock on Leonard Hamilton. It's just Roy Williams been... I mean, he was better this year. Yes. Even Leonard Hamilton would tell you that. Yes. That leads me to the all-freshman team. Three people on this esteemed panel did not vote for Kobe White on the all-freshman team. How can you – you're telling me you don't think Kobe White's one of the five best freshmen in the league? What are you even doing? Three people? If it was one moron, that would be something. Three people? Three people didn't think Kobe White was one of the best five freshmen in the ACC. And I honestly don't understand putting Trey Jones on there instead of Reddish. Yeah. Cam Reddish is a better player than Trey Jones. Now, I do think Reddish has played well against Carolina. That may have swayed my vote some because the two times I saw him live, he was really good for three of the – he didn't have a great second half in the Smith Center. That was a part of why Carolina won. But three of the four halves that I've seen him in person, I thought he was really, really good. I know there have been some games where he hasn't been as consistent, uh, but that one surprised me. I I mean, I thought – yeah, Williamson, Barrett, and Kobe White, to me, were absolute slam dunk. No doubt they're on this list. Then I thought Reddish, Jones, Horde from Wake Forest, uh, Johnson from Pitt. The re- and the reason I put him on there, I mean, he's his stats are really good. He's top 15 in the league in assists and steals maybe and points. And I know Pitt had a great year, has not had a great year. But um, to me, it's the, the stats won that one over for me. These votes should be public. We should be able to see who the three people are who didn't put Kobe White on the first team so we know what we're dealing with. The fact that they're not public enables people to do things like that. And I'd like to know know how the coach of the year voting went. I'd like to see how that was. Mm -hmm. Why would you you not want them to be public? If you're willing to fill out the ballot, if you're voting in an upfront manner, what would be your qualms? Right. And if you think you have a defensible position of, oh, I, here's why I voted for Buzz Williams, because I I write for a Virginia newspaper, and we all love the Hokies. Okay, that's fine. But if you don't want your vote to be public, I would be interested to know why you don't. And if you're not willing to make it public, I don't think you should be voting. The only other one for me, I, I was disappointed that neither Kenny Williams nor Garrison Brooks made the all-defensive team, but it, it wasn't necessarily a surprise because of what we talked about in a show or two ago where sometimes with those, you lean on the stats more heavily on that one than the other ones. 
because it's it's hard for me. Like I know Kenny Williams is a great defender because I saw him do what he did with against R.J. Barrett on Saturday. And I know Garrison Brooks is a great defender because I've talked to the Carolina coaches about it, and they talk about all this, the things that he does well and, um, I, and you know, all the improvements that he's made. So, But those aren't things that are easy for someone who doesn't see Carolina all the time to vote for, and I understand that. I don't know a better way to fix it. So I was disappointed that neither one of those guys got on there, but I wasn't necessarily blown away by it. This is going to sound dumb, but I think it played a role. I think Kenny Williams' offensive struggles kept him off of some people's all-defensive ballots because they just didn't think about someone who wasn't making three-pointers. And so he wasn't in their mind. When I I truly think, and the coaches still vote. Yes. If there was a vote of the 15 coaches, I think Kenny Williams would be on that team. And – no offense to you because you're a voter. I suspect that that defensive team yes. may be a little more representative of who the actual five best defenders are. I agree are. with that. I, I would The defensive team, the coach, I, I would be interested to see who the coach, because I think that would be the truest right. representation. I, I agree with you on that. That's the defensive guys they worry about yeah. when they game plan for. Exactly. Whereas, as you said, this one is more who has the most blocks. Or steals, yeah. Right. Adam, anything else all ACC? Congratulations, certainly, to all the Tar Heels. Uh, Luke May, Kobe White, second team. Cameron Johnson, first team. Um, Kobe White, uh, freshman team. I mean, exciting for all those guys to be honored, and, and they should be. They've all had terrific years. Sometimes I think stuff like this really matters to the Tar Heels who are are not selected. I don't get that sense about these guys this right. year. I, I don't. Luke May's not going to lose one ounce of sleep over being on the second team instead of the first team. And Kenny Williams isn't going to have one less chocolate nut Sunday because he didn't make the all-defensive team. And some years I don't think that's true. But this year I just I, I don't think it necessarily matters to those guys, and it's nice to not have to be concerned about that. ACC tournament is coming up. In fact, it is it in Brooklyn this year? No, Adam. It's in Charlotte. Oh, that's I like that better. Um, so actually, when you're listening to this, it may have already started. It starts on Tuesday at this point. Tariels don't have to play until Thursday. They're the two seed. We'll play either seventh seeded Louisville, tenth seeded Georgia Tech, or fifteenth seeded Notre Dame um, in the quarterfinals uh, uh, Thursday at seven o'clock. I think none of those will be an easy matchup. We know Carolina split with Louisville. Georgia Tech has won. It's Georgia Tech's playing better. Carolina won that game handily in Atlanta, but Georgia Tech won its last two games of the regular season. Notre Dame has Mike Bray, a terrific coach. They played Carolina very closely uh, during the regular season in Chapel Hill. So we'll have to wait and see for sure. Adam, it, my feelings on this tournament aren't a whole lot different than they were a few weeks ago, which is it feels like feels like. Carolina and Duke are going to play again. Certainly somebody can be upset. We understand that. But it feels like it's going to be Carolina or Duke from one half and then Virginia from the other half with the the caveat of maybe Florida State or Virginia Tech could could sneak in there and get them. But it would be, it would be surprising if it happened. If the winner of this tournament came out of those top five seeds – and particularly top three seeds, I would be really surprised. I'm so conflicted about this ACC tournament. 
because on the one hand, I truly do feel like that win over Duke last year in the tournament took something out of Carolina mm-hmm. going into the NCAA tournament. I agree with that. It was such an emotional game. Remember Joel Berry holding the ball on his shoulder yeah. and staring down Gary Trent Jr.? Yep. That was awesome. But it was so emotional. And it, I, I, I just I don't think they ever quite got back to that peak. So that concerns me. But I do think there's NCAA tournament ramifications for what happens, specifically whether Carolina is a one or a two. I don't think the Tar Heels are going to drop below a two no matter no, what happens. No, I agree. But it's so beneficial to be a one. And geography, which, as we learned last year, is not quite as important as the teams that are there with you. Well, I think you can see this coming from a mile away. Zion Williamson is likely going to play. Everybody, everybody at Duke says he's going to. And if Carolina and Duke play again and Duke wins this time, then you've got this issue of, well, Duke won the time where he's available. Carolina won two of the three, but he didn't play neither one. And this is obviously a hypothetical scenario. If Carolina wins that game, it's no problem. If that game even happens, one of those two teams is going to end up really mad, and rightfully so, by the way, I think, especially if it's Carolina. Because if you lose that game, but you still beat them two out of three, it's going to be really, really frustrating if the committee simply believes that this one guy is the whole – do we get to go play the 2012 tournament again and we get to be get to see everybody for the Tar Heels healthy against that Kentucky team? I mean, it's just part of it. So it's going to be really frustrating if that happens. Of course, both those teams have to get to that point, and the Tar Heels can win that game. They've proven that they can – Obviously, play, beat Duke because they've done it twice already. But I think that's kind of the elephant in the room of if that scenario plays out, uh, what happens? And I don't know the answer. This really feels like a year Carolina and Duke might play four times, first of all. You shut which, your mouth out. Yeah, I hope that never happens. But also, no matter what year it is, no matter who plays or doesn't play, it's really hard for either Carolina to beat Duke three times or Duke to beat Carolina three times, no matter who is involved in the game. Yep. If those two teams are on the court, it's hard for one to win three times. And it's just going to – who knows? Maybe it won't even happen. Maybe maybe something completely different will happen. That happens all the time. But it's going to be fascinating to see with, I think, still a lot – on the line because there is a difference. Sometimes people say like, Oh, one, two, doesn't really matter. It does matter. Yeah. If you look at Roy Williams history, it matters. If you look at Carolina's history, it matters. If you're a one, you have a better chance of winning the national title. That's what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. It does matter. If you're a one, if you're a two, it's in play that you could have to play Kentucky and Louisville to go to the final four. Do you want to do that? I don't. So it matters being a one. And that's where I'm so conflicted about the tournament because on the one hand, I'd like to see Roy Williams pull the old uh, NBA move and say, oh, well, Kobe's resting his ankle injury and Cam's hip's a little sore and we're going to sit these guys on Thursday and eh, maybe the Tar Heels lose and go home and rest. But I think if you do that, you've given up 
some potential postseason slots. And we all know if Carolina and Duke are on that floor on Friday, you can rationalize it any way you want to as we sit here in the luxurious mobile Pine World headquarters. But when they run out there on the floor, it's going to be teeth gritting time. Adam, do you have a list? I do. What's on the top of Adam's list? Brought to you by Top of the Hill, where Tar Heels come to celebrate. Okay. Oh, yeah, this is a good one. <laughs> Drew Price. Okay. He sent us, I can't remember if it was a tweet or an email, he requests the power of the pod. Okay. We're here for you, Drew. He has spotted at the Smith Center a fan. Not Ferret Man, our friend Perry, who we had on the pod a couple years ago and was at the game on yes, Saturday. Yes, I saw him. Waving his ferret. I saw the ferret. Not a euphemism. <whistles> he coaxed the Blue Devils into missing a few free throws. The fan Drew Price has spotted since in the section right behind the visitor's bench, adjacent to where the visiting fans sit, three rows back on the aisle. This fan is someone I would like to be friends with because his in-game celebrations are incredible. They're lit. They're incredible. There's, there's like a little, a little fist pump. That's just for your average run-of-the-mill basket. There's like a 360 knees pumping spin that's after a big basket and after huge baskets 360 spin plus run up the stairs and a forceful high five a lot of 360s going on i like this guy and drew price wants to know who he is and he thinks the pod can find him and i would like to so if you sir are that fan or know that fan please let us know you might make it into the Pod Fan Hall of Fame with Ferret Man. Wow. High tar, praise. Tar bird. Yeah. <laughs> High praise indeed. Your your blue polo and khakis might go up in the rafters ne right next to a stuffed ferret. Uh, Carolina James, who wins the games, she celebrated with the cookout shake after yeah, the game on Saturday. Did. An appropriate celebration. <laughs> Shout out to our friend Noah, who is one half of the brother duo who have gone on to extraordinary things, but what Noah is most famous for is uh, Michael Jordan's autograph, yeah, Desecration. Yeah, yeah. But what he's now also famous for is an incredible Soda Popinski gif. Unbelievable. That was some incredible work. We it tweeted had, it out. It had Adam's head on it. On Soda Popinski. On Soda Popinski, knocking out Little Mac, who was had a Duke logo on his head. Let's just say it was incredible. Follow the pod if you haven't seen it at Carolina underscore pod on yes. Twitter. Uh, let's see. Congratulations to our friend Isaac, friend yeah, of the pod. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, in addition to sending us a bunch of awesome stats and things, Isaac also uh, the proud papa of a new baby girl. So really it was Isaac's wife Maggie who did all the hard work. We're giving Isaac a big what up on the pod. In his tweet, he said, she's a day old, and in her lifetime, Carolina has won a conference championship, is undefeated, and has never lost to Duke. It's the way to do it. Catherine McKee. She sent us a very nice thank you note, number one. But number two, I think this might have been via Twitter. 
she sent us uh, this photograph, which I think we probably have to tweet out in order for everyone to understand this. Catherine writes as follows. Last year, when I worked at the Yellowstone Historic Center in Montana. This, by the way, if you're only kind of half paying attention right now and you're working or something, or you pay attention, this is funny. I'll start again in case you missed yeah, it. Case, in case you missed it. Last year, when Catherine McKee worked at the Yellowstone <laughs> Historic Center in Montana, <laughs> so she ran across this picture, the picture that we're going to tweet out. And she thought it was weird <laughs> that they had a photo of Grace and Allen in our collections. Catherine couldn't think of a reason why we would have something like this, especially since she worked there long before Grace and Allen was drafted by Utah. And she would have approved anything that they added since then. Catherine pulled that photo from the files. And when she flipped it over, Catherine writes, I saw it was actually a young woman from 1916 who visited Yellowstone National Park with her family and had a studio portrait made on her vacation. Not Grayson Allen. You have to see the picture to understand the perfection of everything about this. She did not make this up. No. It's not a doctored photo of Grayson Allen. No. It's a young woman from 1916 who visited Yellowstone. It's an amazing photo and an amazing story. It's like a mini story time, but yeah. it's also a what up to it's 1916. Got, it's got visuals. It's a vacation from life. It's all of it. It's everything. We can justify it. It's all melded into one. Catherine wasn't working for the bubble, I don't think, but still put it in there. Uh, okay, we got an awesome tweet from a gentleman whose uh, Twitter bio identified him as Bluebeard. <laughs> this was an awesome tweet. And I felt like he had perfectly summed up my life you want me to read it if you have it yes he says when i finally learned to beat tyson he said no help from nintendo power side yeah. notes to so take that lucas why don't you brag a little <laughs> my house was packed every night for two weeks just to see me beat him no save so every time you had to go through the whole game i assume that's how kobe feels when the smith center is packed to watch him do his thing <laughs> that's right you couldn't save that's a yeah. key note about Mike Tyson. Yeah. I think that's exactly right. Yeah. I think that feeling, because remember your friends would come over and like you had told them like, oh, I figured out how to beat Bald Bull. And they were yeah. like, okay, Angel. Yeah. And yeah. then they came over and they're all sitting around. First yeah. you got the pressure of making it to Bald yeah. Bull, but then you got to stand in there. You got to get the timing right. Don Flamingo accidentally catches you with one in the yeah. second match and you're all nervous. <laughs> and then they're all like, oh yeah, you're good at this. All right, put in Legend of Zelda. <laughs> and... But then to, to have them all with their eyes on you as you reach the top of Mike Tyson's punch out, that's just like how Kobe White felt <laughs> when he was low five and Roy Williams. That's right. Many people demanded thoughts on a tweet from a future Tar Heel who I like to call Armando either Baycott or Bacot. Yeah, I think it's Baycott. I think it's Baycott too, but Eric Hoots told me it might be otherwise, but he's not sure. And we can, by the way, we can say Armando's name. He's already signed his letter. He is right. he is coming to Carolina. Next he year. is a future Tar Heel. Was at the game on Saturday. He's yep. had a terrific senior season. And I'm going to just guess that if he remains healthy, is going to be a big part of Carolina basketball next season. Looking forward to that.
but I'm also looking forward to discussing his musical choices. Oh, baby. Armando tweeted out that Gunna yep. is better, he, the greater than sign, yeah, yeah. little baby. Not greater than or equal to, just the greater just than Just pure sign. greater than. Yeah. Those are big words, Armando. <laughs> I know you're a youngster and you don't fully appreciate how important this is, but this caused me to fully reevaluate all my life choices about the best rhymers in the game. I listened to said gunna. Dude, you have listened to more rap slash hip-hop in the last month. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. There's, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Gunna Jones, are I, you? I am not. Okay. Uh, there's a slight trend in some of his albums, mm. which include Drip Harder, Drip Season 3, Dripper Drown 2. <laughs> One of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, so I listened to Gunna. And I'm not willing to put him on the top four. I'm sorry, Armando Baycott. I don't believe he's one of the top four rhymers in the game. However, I've got a new list. My boy Juice World has a new album out. Nice. Came out just last week. He wanted to drop that for tournament time. <laughs> Get you hype. There's a ton of songs on there. A lot of tracks. Yeah. It wouldn't fit on one cassette, Juice World. <laughs> I had to get the two cassette special edition. Juice World's still number one. I, he hasn't done anything to drop himself. 21 Savage, you're back legal. You're up there at number two. Lil Baby, holding strong at number three. You know what I like about Lil Baby? Everybody likes having Lil Baby on their track. Mm. He's on a lot of Gunna's tracks. Does a lot of collaboration. He does. He's a team player. Yeah. You call up Lil Baby, you ask him if he'll rhyme with you, he says yes. I kind of like that uh, That they're kind of shooting for Lil Baby, too. And like, he's the one that he's Not the, literally. No, like the standard is what I'm saying. Like, right, he's yeah. one of the ones that they're going after is what I'm right. saying. Right. Well, and and Leaky uh, put us on to Lil Baby, yeah. so I can't drop him. Right. Number four, Jones, Quando Rondo. Oh, Nice. Kobe White put us on to Quando Rondo. If I'm not mistaken, it's Quando Rondo who has the song that says the word leaky a whole lot. Oh. I don't know why. I, it might. It probably means something. I don't know what it means. But I like the fact. <laughs> I'm going to give that a 100% chance. The song is called ABG. Hmm. Don't listen to it with your kids in the car. But he says leaky a lot. So I feel like Quando Rondo, one of Kobe White's boys. Yeah. Is giving a shout out to the Leaky Train. Yeah, I put him at number four. The baby, I think, sir, you're up to no good, and I had to drop you off the list because I'm worried you might commit a crime, <laughs> and we can't have that on the top four rhymers yeah. in the game. That's my updated list. I took Armando Baycott slash Bacot's uh, feelings into account. I'm not willing to go with Gunna. He's still young to the game. Yeah. He's got time to work his way up. You don't get where Juice World was. Just by dropping Just by snapping one album. Yeah. yeah. You got you to gotta be in it for the long haul, and I'm not sure he is. A couple quick things from me before we do a story time and then get out. A little what up to at son of Odell. Took a serious face, crossed arms photo with him and Keith Fishburne on Saturday morning. I was out there on the grind. Helped out. Uh, oh, it helped out. I didn't really do anything. All I did, I did the PA for the unified basketball game uh, through the Special Olympics where you had Special Olympic athletes from Orange County representing UNC and then Durham County representing Duke. They do this every year where they play each other the same day as the last Carolina-Duke game. And when it's in Chapel Hill, they play in Carmichael. So I got to do the PA. And, Adam, oddly enough, it kind of it mirrored the real game. Mm. Duke had a lead early. 
Tar Heels stuck around, then had some pressure D, hit some threes uh, in the second half, and pulled away for a victory. But let me just say, they do a terrific job with the event. And it's, I mean, it's uh, Duke cheerleaders are there, Carolina cheerleaders are there, the band's there. Um, they do a really wonderful job. The athletes have fun, do a terrific job. It really is a fun event, and I uh, appreciate them letting me be a part of it. I had a good time doing it, as always. Well, what up to our friend Anna Pinkney Strait? Sent us a tweet that said it's 4 a.m. here in India, but she has the pregame show playing on her phone and ESPN ready to go for TV. That is a dedicated Tariel. There's always stories like that of people with crazy times and crazy locations. So we thank uh, we thank Anna Pinkney Strait for shooting us the tweet. Mike Miller on Twitter wants to know what's up with the Duke Cowboys standing awkwardly around injuries. I agree with this. I get it in theory that you're trying to like not show your player if he's severely injured, but they didn't really achieve their goals, and it just kind of made it more awkward. Certainly hope the Bolden isn't hurt long term. I think they said MCL sprain after the game, but uh, I, I do think it's weird what the Cowboys do. I enjoyed how the ESPN cameraman defeated this foolproof strategy by standing up. Yeah, he's like, hmm, this kid's in my way. I'll just stand up and get a better look scott maitland friend of the pod wants to know if there's anything more pathetic than wearing matching duke blue quote i still love christian Leitner muscle shirts on the steps of the smith center surrounded by heels fans rushing to franklin street after a regular season sweep i don't believe so adam sheepishly folds and puts away his i still love christian Leitner <laughs> muscle shirt. i have never owned a shirt like that <laughs> And I'm not talking about the muscle variety because I got plenty of those. Rhett Edwards wants to know, are we going to pretend that my Uber playlist doesn't <laughs> rival the soundtrack of Roadhouse Challenge movies? Jones is the star of his own hero's journey, LOL. That was my hero journey. <laughs> On that ride, Adam. You've got the crazy sidekick, Big Grits. Yeah, who knows what he's up to. We have received just here in the last few minutes a bunch of how can you justify that uh, rep or suggestions for Roy Williams not being higher ACC coach of the year um, all kinds of stuff Mary M says she can't wait to see the fire that is Adam talking about all ACC lists you've already been burned <laughs> okay last thing before we go Adam We've been holding on to this story time for a while now <laughs> because we really felt as though we wanted to wait to hit it at the ACC tournament time because the story is about the ACC tournament. John Clendenin is our storyteller. So fire up Mr. Goosehunkers because John's ACC tournament-specific story starts like this. It was a brisk March afternoon in 2004, which, dear gracious, was 15 years ago. A day after John's beloved Tar Heels had been eliminated by Georgia Tech in the ACC tournament, Brandon Robinson silently happy as a young boy to see Jared Jack jump up on the table afterwards. Barely born young boy. <laughs> which was, yeah, that's right, which was being held in Greensboro, North Carolina, as according to John, it always should be. John was working at a local hospitality establishment 
For the, for the sake of this story, John's going to call it the Sandover Resort. Sounds classy. I wonder if there's a tub play nearby. Each year back in the early 2000s, when the ACC tournament was held in Tournament Town, the league's number one seed would stay at the hotel. In this particular year, Duke was the regular season champions and were, in fact, guests at the hotel. John remembers working at the front desk when the Duke team returned to the hotel the night after defeating that same Georgia Tech team in the semifinals to reach the championship game versus Maryland. Some of the other employees, mostly college-aged kids, according to John, acted giddy like a bunch of schoolgirls when Coach K and his team of, quote, goobers arrived back at the hotel that night. As a few of the Duke players came up to the front desk to ask for something or another, I quietly slipped into the back to avoid them. I was thinking nasty thoughts, but I was always taught that if he didn't have anything nice to say, he should just not say anything at all. Good advice, John. Thank you. All of the slobbering and fuss being made about the Duke basketball team by my coworkers and by the media was just too much for his early 20-ish year old self to handle. He, John, had to take matters into his own hands, Adam. What could this young lone Tar Heel do in this situation? Could he order the players a bunch of room service junk food? Could he pull the fire alarms in the middle of the night? Could he reset all of the room key cards? All great ideas, according <laughs> to John. Probably not what you want to hear, though, if you were managing the uh, Sandover Resort at the time. John decided to do the mature thing set a 3.30 a.m. wake-up call for every player on Saturday night before Sunday's championship game. John was off work the next day and watched with great pleasure as Maryland whipped the Dukies by around 10 points. That was a game where uh, John Gilchrist led a big comeback. Maryland won in overtime. He says he doesn't know if the calls had anything to do with the outcome of that game and tournament, but he will always hold dear in my heart the year that he may or may not have helped Maryland take down the Blue Devils. He finishes by saying, you're welcome, Tar Heel Nation. Adam, I almost feel, I, I feel like almost that's like classified information. But since John sent it to us, I felt like it was okay for us to give. Well, and it was 15 years and ago. And it was 15 Perhaps years ago. some of the bitterness is worn <laughs> Maybe off. Maybe time, time has healed all wounds. I enjoy the fact that John is basically a soccer hooligan who uh, down, I would look down upon in any other scenario. Yeah. But in this one, my first thought was, A, that seemed like a reasonable thing to do, and B, I'm glad it had its desired impact. <sighs> Clearly, John won that game for the Terps. Hey, Gary Williams, you're welcome, buddy. Yeah. So I want to circle back around to a stat we gave at the very beginning because I want to close with this stat, Adam, on our UNC Healthcare and my UNC chart. Know your stat feature. Keep track of your stats with my UNC chart. Visit myuncchart.org to sign up. 66 years the ACC has been there and 32 times. The Tar Heels have either won or shared the ACC regular season crown, including nine of the 16 seasons under Roy Williams. Adam, there are a lot of remarkable stats about Carolina basketball because it has been so good for so long. That, to me, is right up there with any one of them to show you the sustained excellence that this program has enjoyed. Just an amazing number. Basically half the time. Yeah. Won the toughest league in the country. 
with other good teams every single year. Mm. Okay. So, I've got exciting news, Adam. All right. Two things. We have a see you later big grits from all three of these fine young seniors that Triple you heard. Grits. Yep. From uh, that you heard from in their senior speeches in our interview segment today. So we're going to let Luke May, Cameron Johnson, Kenny Williams. Actually, we'll probably go in the order that they gave their speeches. May Williams Johnson to get us out of here. A reminder, we're back later this week. We will not have up-to-date content as far as what has happened in the ACC tournament. You will hear from Brian Kersey, the director of officials in the ACC, and we'll have a Roadhouse Challenge from Top Gun. Who wouldn't want that? We'll have that on our second show this week. Then we'll be back with more fresh content early next week. But for now, we will let Luke May, Kenny Williams, Cameron Johnson, and the RZA send us out on the latest edition of the Carolina Insider. See you later, Big Grits. Tario Nation, this is Kenny Williams signing off. See you later, Big Grits. I'm Cameron Johnson. See you later, Big Grits. When I was small. Nothing at all We used to eat grits For dinner Pound box of sugar and a stick of margin A hot pot of grits kept my family from starving Steamy hot meal served less than five minutes Big silver pot boiling water salt in it House full of brothers and sisters, the pot's missing. Pilgrim on a box on the stove in the kitchen. When I was small, we had nothing at all. We used to eat grits for The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Tar Heel Sports Network. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate, not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.